All right, welcome in to the 573 Report. Gabe DeArmond and Mitchell Forty here with you guys. This is a special signing day edition. It just so happened that it uh, it fell on Wednesday when we do the show anyway, so we wanted to start a little early. We had planned to get here at 6.30. Eli Drinkwitz's press conference just ended, uh, you know, at like 5.55. I had to get that video all uploaded. So we're a few minutes late, but appreciate you uh, being here. Mitch, fortunately, it has not been a, a long day at all for us yeah it started a little early really uh, in, in hindsight it didn't need to get up as early as we did most of the signatures came in around to like noon to two but uh you know that's all right where it's uh this really is nothing compared to the signing days of old so we can't complain <laughs> yeah exactly um it, so missouri signs 21 guys um 20 of them we expected to sign um a we expected Missouri to sign today. Uh, EJ Indoma Ogar, I think I'm saying that name correctly, the offensive line transfer from Oklahoma, uh, was also added to that group. Shamar Pearl and BJ Harris did not sign today. We don't exactly have clarity from Eli Drinkwitz on what's happening there. No, I asked him in his press conference today if he expected any more signatures during this early signing period because it does technically run through Friday. And he basically said, I don't know, we're always trying or something like that. Uh, but he did not say like, yeah, we're expect we have one or two more guys who are, we're, who are going to sign. He was uh, a little bit unclear there. Yeah. So look, we can't say for sure. Um, they, they didn't sign today. We think there are still plans for Missouri to attempt to sign them. Uh, and, uh, you know, maybe not, obviously not today, maybe not this week. We'll see. Um, but just, you know, either way, it is the 21st, uh, 20th ranked recruiting class on rivals.com. Missouri's never had that before. And, uh, you know, I kind of like Drinkwitz's answer and his video is on our site right now. You can watch that. I prefer you would watch this show first. Um, but you can watch that when you're done. Uh, but I was impressed with his answer. Like, he didn't dodge it, you know? I mean, he did give the kind of, uh, you know, stock. I try not to pay too much attention to rankings, but he did say, hey, you know, we want to do something that's never been done here before. And if they keep track of rankings, basically, you want to be as high in those rankings as you can. So I thought he gave a good answer there. Yeah, absolutely. I, I kind of expected him to just be like, oh, I hadn't paid attention to the rankings. But he embraced it a little bit. You know, he mentioned uh, that that – Missouri had four or four stars in the last four classes combined at five this year, which means he pays attention to rivals because it was our rankings that had right. had Missouri as having five, four stars. 24-7 had him was four. So we appreciate the business. Um, but like, yeah, it was it was kind of refreshing to hear him say that. Yeah. And, um, you know, he talked about a lot of the individual uh, signees and we will actually have two of those guys on this show later on uh, in about half an hour. Uh, East St. Louis quarterback Tyler Macon is supposed to call in and at about 730 uh, defensive tackle Makai Wingo is supposed to call in. So we he was the defensive player of the year in Missouri this year and Missouri's first commitment. So we hope to talk to both of those guys about signing day and just a really weird recruiting process and all that. We're going to have Sean Williams on here probably in about 10 minutes. Um, but, I mean, overall, Mitch, there's not a Missouri fan who can be even, like, slightly disappointed. Uh, I mean, this day and, and this recruiting cycle has gone I think about as well as Missouri possibly could have hoped 
Yeah, I, I would have to agree. Um, I mean, like you said, first of all, t- they've never ranked 20th, and the class isn't over. They might, you know, end up getting passed by one or two spots, but still, it's right about the best class Missouri's ever had. Got a ton of in-state guys, you know, six from the state of Missouri plus two from East St. Louis, so you know, eight regional guys, which is obviously a big point of emphasis. Um, and, and you know, basically, you know, filled up pretty much every area of need early. I think, you know, they're probably going to take another offensive lineman. They'll probably take another wide receiver, maybe a defensive back. But, like, you know, you, you're not left with any gaping holes going into the late period. I think getting Dominic Levette on board was big uh, in that regard. So, yeah, and I mean, like, you know, Missouri fans, I think, a lot of times are used to, and I saw this a little bit today, you know, when, when it comes down to, like, oh, it's a guy's got Missouri and a few others, and he's announcing on signing day, or, or like, with the, you know, Dominic Levette situation, like, oh, it's not going to be Missouri, is it? I mean, like, I know they're involved, but we don't win these type of things. And, like, Drinkwood seems to have won more than he's lost of these, like, you know, it's coming down to a decision, and Missouri's one of the ones involved type of situations. For sure, the Arden Walker situation, and, and that was kind of – the, the way signing day always is, the the announcements on signing day tend to kind of steal the show, right? Because a lot of these guys, mm-hmm. I, like, you know, a lot of these guys have been committed since June. So it's a little bit anticlimactic with the way recruiting is covered. Um, so Arden mm-hmm. Walker, three-star defensive lineman, edge rusher, outside linebacker, whatever you want to call him, from, uh, from Cherry Creek in Colorado, uh, was down to UCLA, Missouri, and, uh, and Colorado. And... Like, we had heard in the last 24 hours legitimately, UCLA, it's not going to be UCLA. Then it's not going to be Colorado. Then I don't think it's going to be Missouri. We'd heard all those things. We didn't even know how he was announcing. He announced on Instagram Live, and then it popped up on Twitter, um, that he chose Missouri. His dad played football at, at Colorado with Ryan Walter's dad, and Drinkwood said I, he went to bed not feeling good last night because they tried to call him and weren't able to talk to him. Yeah, yeah, it was actually, yeah, it was interesting. He found out the same time all of us did when, when uh, Walker announced, um, and he said, he said, Brick Haley and Ryan Walters told him to keep the faith, but he took a more pessimistic attitude, so that was kind of funny, but yeah. Um, I think Mikai Wingo was definitely, you know, somewhat involved in in uh, selling Arden Walker on Missouri, so we'll definitely ask him about that when we get to chat with him here shortly. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, that's one of the, the things that really stood out to me about this class is just that they had guys recruiting other players really throughout, not just in-state players, but but all over the country. And I think it was a little easier this year because recruiting was pretty much – everybody just did recruiting online and through text messages this year and FaceTime. That was the only way to do it. Yeah, for sure. It's – you know, I, I give credit to this staff for adapting, for sure, especially, you know, when they had all the, you know, challenges of actually coaching the team on the field in their first season, uh, most of them first season here with everything that was going on. But also, yeah, like, you know, in a sense, it, like Drinkwitz pointed out, you know, they were able to get recruits from North Carolina, Florida, California, Indiana, all these places you don't see a lot of. Well, that's because local schools didn't have a huge advantage unless like, you know, you had someone who, who you know, grew up going to a place a lot and was like intimately familiar with it, you know, back before March. Right. Um, so I thought I thought that was uh, something I hadn't thought of before today, but it kind of made a lot of sense that, uh, you know, maybe the, there was more of a national flavor to some of these uh, recruitments. And and that was one of the questions I kind of wanted to ask Drinkwitz about, did it allow you to go to Colorado and some places you'd never been? But look, guys, the, the worst part about the, the kind of uh, online interviews this year is, 
I mean, I think we got a combined five questions into Drinkwitz, which is actually pretty good. There were only about 20 total, and we got five of them. But in the past on signing day, we're there. You know, you're doing the press conference with the head coach, but you're getting a breakout with every assistant. Like, we used to ask every coach about every – the position coach about every player in the class, and we'd publish that every year. And there's obviously just no way to do that this year. You've got to pick and choose, hey – okay, here are the two or three things that I think are most pertinent that haven't been asked, so so let's talk about that. I uh, want to get to a couple of your questions before Sean Williams dials in here in about three minutes. Uh, Ed wants to know, hard to know for sure, but at this point, how many spots on scholarship do they still have? Five to seven, I think, is, is the ballpark, Mitch? Um, it, yeah, so, I mean – I, it depends what you how you want to consider um, you know the two guys who didn't sign today BJ Harris and uh, and, and Shamar Pearl um, you know right. if you if you consider them still committed then I think they have room for yeah like Five four more. to six more spots um, but if you if you remove them from the mix um, then then you're looking at more like maybe six or seven so yeah I think uh, I I would say you know I think we expect them to end around. 28, 29. They have 20 signed, 22 committed right now, I believe. So, yeah, that's a roundabout way of answering your question because it is a little bit confusing. Also, Drinkwood said that Zeke Powell counted towards this class today, so maybe that decreases or messes with our math by one spot. It's it's a mess. Hey, right. They know we don't, to be honest, where everybody where everybody ranks. And I want to address this real quick. Jake Edwards is asking about Eli Drinkwood's five-minute response to my final question. Uh, so, look, if you haven't seen the video, if you didn't watch it on SEC Network, this might be a little over your head, but hopefully you'll catch up to it. Basically, the last question I I asked Eli Drinkwitz was about today's transfer ruling by the NCAA, and he didn't know what I was talking about. And the way I understood that, and Mitchell, I think the way you understood it going into the press conference, the way it was worded, we believed that anyone who transferred this year in any sport was going to get a waiver, a blanket waiver, that term was used by the NCAA, to play next year. So I asked Drinkwitz that, and he answered the question and gave a great answer based on that premise. Well, after the press conference now, it's, it's come to our attention that that's not accurate, that, that basically we, I misinterpreted the way it was written. This is for kids this year, this school year. So like basketball players that have already transferred, I guess theoretically baseball players who would want to transfer for the spring. Uh, but basically it's not going to apply to football players who have transferred this year playing next year. The way it was worded when I asked the question, I thought that was the case. So – it doesn't greatly change a lot of what Drinkwood said. He he gave a good answer and all that, but he did answer a question based on a an interpret my interpretation of that ruling, which appears to not be correct at this point. And I actually, right when we started this show, got a text message from somebody in the Missouri Athletic Department who is, when this show's over, I'm going to call and they're going to explain the ruling to me a little bit better. Uh, it just didn't time out right that we just started this show. So uh, I kind of want to address that for anybody that does watch that video. Um, uh, Dr. Sanitary wants to know, where's our class rank in other conferences compared to the SEC? I haven't gone and looked. I assume they would be third in the Big 12. I would assume they would be – they're no better than fourth in the Big Ten because they're right behind Nebraska, and I know Michigan and Ohio State are higher. Um, I know Oregon and USC are higher. But it wouldn't rank eighth in any other conference. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, just wanted to circle back to your drinkers point real quick. The one thing I will say, while uh, you know that may not be the case yet with the blanket waiver, that is almost certainly going to get passed in January. So just like for, so, forget he said those quotes today and revisit them when that happens. So maybe I was prescient. Yeah. Yes. Well, and also, look, I think it's fair for like these kids who didn't get to take a single recruiting visit. Some of these kids who signed today are going to be setting foot on Missouri's campus for the first time ever next summer. And yeah, what if they get here and figure out, I, I, I made a bad choice because I didn't have all the information. I think they should be able to transfer. I also understand Eli Drinkwitz's feelings on it and the hesitation of coaches to embrace that. But we're, yeah. we're obviously uh, getting a little off track. Floyd's wanting to know how many preferred walk-ons there were. I, I don't have a clue, to be honest. I mean, it, it just this day is focused on the scholarship players, and we kind of retweet yeah. the preferred walk-ons and figure it out in fall camp, but I don't know. Yeah, and, and you can add preferred walk-ons, you know, like after the signing period. It's not like we have a final cap on that or anything, so – Right, right, for sure. So Dalton says, he, hey, I see Sean Williams is here. So, Sean, uh, we'll get to you in just a minute. I didn't realize you had uh, had jumped on. But uh, Dalton Barker's on his third margarita, which that's pretty solid for a Wednesday night, man. Good Pops. job, Dalton. Yeah. Uh, good job making the call on Arden Walker. So, okay, so we're going to switch over. I want you to stick with us here. I'm going to add Sean, uh, and I'm going to take away whatever this blank screen is here, and I'm going to see what that does. Okay, there's Sean. I'm going to do my best to get him actually in the frame. Let's see uh, Let's see what we can do there. Um, Power of technology. Yeah, I don't know. Um, there's Sean in the frame. Sean Williams, can you hear us? I can hear you guys. Can you hear me? Yeah. Mitchell, can yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, can. my God, this is amazing. Like fantastic. We have managed to put together a three-way Skype call. And I frankly think like we're done. This is it. This is the height of what this show is going to be. See you guys. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks Sean for stopping by. Um, <laughs> but I wanted to bring Sean on because look, he's the guy that, that talked to these kids all year and, and covered most of this class. So uh, Sean, uh, just we were talking a little bit about how these kids all seem to really recruit each other on Twitter. And, and, and I mean, you know, Makai Wingo's recruiting Arden Walker out of Colorado. So I do you get the sense that that's any different than any other class you've covered in the last few years? Um, yeah, I think so to a degree. I mean, I think last year's class, you could say uh, Brady Cook and some of those in-state guys last year were uh, really helpful in recruiting other guys. But yeah, I mean, you, you talk to a lot of these guys in this class and, you know, they always say, Hey, you know, I, I hear from, it's either Tyler Macon, Makai Wingo, uh, Ryan Horsecamp, uh, heard Connor Tollison's name mentioned as well. Uh, so some of the, a lot of those in-state guys near the St. Louis area, um, always kind of in other, in other, uh, targets ears and things like that. So, I mean, you know, talking to Makai Wingo, I did a story on him yesterday and he said, you know, he was pushing for, for Arden Walker pretty hard and, you know, talked to Arden just probably a couple hours ago. And, um, you know, I said, Hey, who was talking to you the most? He said, Makai Wingo, you know, he was, you know, he mentioned Tyler Macon too, uh, Kyra Montgomery. Uh, so those are the three guys he specifically mentioned Arden did, uh, just guys he was communicating with throughout the process, trying to get him to swing to Missouri. So, uh, but yeah, he likes, uh, Arden just going back to him. I mean, he really likes the relationship with Makai and, you know, obviously they're both going to be probably defensive linemen, so uh, just the opportunity to play with them and, and play along the D-line. So a pretty appealing thing. But obviously the relationships went, went a long way too. I mean, he's 
Arden's been familiar with Missouri since he's been in the eighth grade, I think. I think that's when he first came in camps at Missouri. So, uh, you know, he's pretty familiar with the program. Obviously, he's got ties there with his father uh, playing with Ryan Walters. Uh, and obviously, he's got a long-standing relationship with Rick Haley, who was kind of a holdover, too. So uh, it was a big uh, big gift for them on signing day. It's always nice to to have those, add, some, add a little excitement to signing day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sean, uh, you know, this is something I know we've talked about before, but I know a lot of the people watching this might not, you know, follow recruiting as closely as, as we always, you know, are reporting on it. Obviously, a big thing is always keeping in-state guys home, and that was something Eli Drinkwitz talked about quite a bit uh, today in his in his signing day press conference. You know, when you talk to, to players and coaches from the state and, and particularly from the St. Louis area, um, I mean, what what has Eli Drinkwood's done maybe differently to, to prioritize that those guys? Communication. Uh, that's big. Um, I mean, uh, it's not just uh, – it wasn't just Isaac Thompson's head coach, but it's other coaches I've talked to, other players. Uh, but talking to Isaac Thompson, of course, I know he's 2022, but covering his recruitment, talking to Mike Jones, um, you know, he said, you know, hey, look, you know, when – Drinkwitz took over. The first priority they did was just make phone calls to all the in-state kids, all the in-state coaches. He said, you know, even when coaches call Drinkwitz, he'll call them back within 24 hours. So he said that's huge, you know, whereas in the past that might have not happened, you know, might have gone avoided. So communication's been big, and, and being consistent with that communication's the big thing. So, Sean, just uh, you you followed these – this class all year, look, we knew going in, they were theoretically before COVID meant that everybody gets to come back and rosters are going to be 712 people next year, uh, <laughs> that they were going to be losing eight defensive linemen. I, I think they've added six or seven already to this class. Uh, I mean, so that position group specifically, like it, it's a really hard position to jump in and play in the SEC. But but what do you think kind of stands out about the group of linemen he brought in? Uh, well, it was like you said, there was a lot of them, yeah. you know, but, but they really, uh, you know, uh, they really needed them obviously for depth and, and considering who may or may not come back. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they got some good pieces. I mean, you talk about uh, a couple four stars and Kyle Montgomery who's the highest rated kid in the class. Um, Travion Ford as well out of St. Louis, but, uh, you know, they also added some Juco talent. I know we're kind of wondering what Shamar Pearl is going to do. Obviously kind of a blast from the past who was committed out of high school, but, um, you know, they all, you know, Adam Rillis Jones uh, and a guy like Daniel Robledo, who n- not a lot of people know about him just because he's hanging out there in California. But his coach talked really highly of him, um, you know, in terms of uh, Brick Haley really liking his versatility. And I, I think that's something they kind of wanted in this class is versatile lineman. You know, I think every time a defensive lineman committed, everybody's like, well, is he going to be a D tackle? Is he going to be a D end? Here's the thing I, I think Missouri's kind of cool with, with, you know, uh, getting these kids that can play either or, you know, uh, obviously, you know, size wise, I think a guy like Rulis Jones is going to play inside. Uh, Robledo might play inside or outside and, and the rest can go with the rest of these commitments too. So versatility was a big thing for the defensive linemen in this class. Uh, just talking to the players, the coaches and uh, everybody else involved. Yeah, that was definitely something Eli Drinkwitz touched on today. Is yeah, yeah, just you know, recruiting measurables and, and potential, mm-hmm. and, and then having guys grow into defensive line spots. Uh, you know, obviously one of the big uh, headliners in this class, especially at the time he committed, was was Dominic Lovett, uh, East St. Louis wide receiver. He's Missouri's only uh, receiver commit in this or signee in this class as of right now, um, and and he comes to campus with his quarterback as well. 
Um, I mean, you know, I, I don't know how much you've gotten to see him play, but do you have a sense for kind of what, what Mizzou's getting in him? Yeah, I mean, I haven't really just just aside from uh, video and uh, his highlights, but yeah, I mean, it's kind of like what Josh Elmo said. Whenever you look at his highlights, he's kind of a smaller receiver, so maybe he'll be more of a slot guy. Uh, could be a could be a guy that can line up outside too, just depending on what the matchups are. But I think the cool thing about it is you kind of see what kind of junior year he had with Macon, you know, and then in their uh, East St. Louis State title run. So I mean, to put it monster numbers, I mean. Uh, you know, he had over 1,500 yards receiving, you know, and all that came from the arm of Macon. So I think people are really excited about that combo and it coming uh, to Missouri and, uh, you know, seeing that continue on a college level. All right. So, Sean, you've done this long enough. You know, the class of 2021 is old news. People don't care about these guys. They signed. It, we're all done. So uh, we've got questions that want to know. How do you think Missouri stands with uh, with Luther Burden and with uh, Tyson Ford, who actually just said he was was going to announce a decision? I think January 18th. So we're already on to 2022. What do you? Know? <laughs> hey guys, can I have a drink? I mean, jeez. Yeah. I <laughs> mean, we, sometimes we drink on this show, so you could oh, okay. have a drink right now. It's fine. Um, I got to go walk to the fridge, and that would require me to get off the the headset here. You know, so yeah, I could do it mobily though. So. Um, yeah, Tyson Ford, I, I mean, I think Missouri's in the mix. I don't know, you know, how much they're in the mix. I know, obviously, a lot of schools are being talked about, like Texas and, and, and schools like that. Oklahoma, I think, has been mentioned a lot. So, uh, I think they're in the mix, though. I mean, he's he's a guy they really want. So, I think they're definitely in his ear, and I think they'll probably be in it to the end. Uh, Luther Burden, that's a that's another guy that's a hot topic, and it kind of it kind of came up when uh, Dominic Lovett switched his commitment. And uh, I mean, look, I know he's committed to Oklahoma, and but you know he's a 2022 kid. Missouri's going to keep talking to him, um, you know, and and keep pushing him. So I think they, it's a good chance he could flip. But I mean, it's way too early to tell with those guys right now. But I mean, I know with Ford, eh, you know, I, I think they're kind of on the outside looking in right now. If I was just to say, but uh, they're definitely going to keep pressing. That's for sure. Yeah, uh, back to yeah. Uh, real quick. Back to this year, we talked about defensive line. It, people seem to be worried about offensive line. When we talked to Drinkwitz, he <clears throat> he said they're good. We could take maybe one more, but but he seemed happy uh, with with what they've got right now, numbers wise. Yeah, I think when you look at that, they got Tallison early, and uh, they, of course they added uh, you know, EJ in uh, in Domo Ogar. <laughs> yeah, we just guess at the pronunciation. Yeah, there. we're not. Here. <laughs> EJ. Uh, EJ. Yeah, we'll just call him EJ. How about that? But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's good. I mean, when they had Tolleson for so long, I mean, you know, we're kind of thinking, we're all kind of thinking maybe they'll take two two more at the most. So, I mean, they got EJ late as a transfer. Uh, you know, maybe they'll get another kid that's uh, a high school senior that film they really like. Probably go the transfer route, though, you know, is probably my thinking. But, um, yeah, I think they're really good. I mean, they like, I like Tolson, you know, that's a, that's a kid that Oklahoma and Alabama was recruiting pretty hard at the time he committed to Missouri, you know, he just wanted to stay home. Uh, so that was a big get for them just in terms of, uh, recruiting momentum. And then, uh, you know, EJ was familiar with Missouri back when he was in high school, he took an unofficial visit to Missouri, uh, when I think heading into his, between his junior and senior year. Uh, so, you know, he was a guy that was already familiar with the program. So. Uh, it's good gets. I mean, if they got one more guy, they've uh, looked the transfer. The transfer portal is hot right now, so there's plenty of options in there. Yeah, 
Yeah, that has definitely uh, changed the way people recruit the transfer portal. A question here I'm seeing from Floyd. Uh, what what do you see as the other areas of need that, that maybe are addressed via either the transfer portal or the recruiting trail uh, this offseason? Yeah, I listened to you guys when you started. I mean, I agree with you. Add another offensive lineman, probably get another DB or two. You know, uh, we kind of talked about Jadarius Perkins, the Juco kid. I know he didn't announce – where he was going today. He's going to do that on Christmas and ruin all our Christmases. But uh, if he commits to Missouri, but, <laughs> but you got a feeling if he, uh, if he's going to announce where he's signing in December on the, on the Christmas, he probably signed somewhere today and just isn't going to wait and announce it. That's just kind of my, my hypothesis there. But uh, yeah, another DB or two, another offensive lineman. And I mean, Hey, they're probably, you know, I don't know how that roster is going to look and who's going to maybe, opt out, not come back. I mean, I think it's all kind of in limbo right now. And we'll play out. You'll probably have more clarification after the season's officially over. But yeah, there's plenty of options in the transfer portal. You can kind of, kind of reach into and see if you can get just in terms of uh, positions you need and explosive players too, that you think you can add that can contribute right away. And that's the new thing with recruiting. Like, yeah, you sign somewhere, but you're going to announce it a week in the future, a month in the future, right. whenever it, it happens. Uh, it, Trey John Jeffcoat a couple of years ago signed with Missouri in December and didn't, he wasn't going to tell anybody until February. And then I happened to get him on the phone and he told me, and I think Trey John just wasn't super familiar with the recruiting process and doing a lot of interviews. And when I wrote that, it, it turned <laughs> out, I'm not sure he super wanted it out, but he had told me, so whatever he signed uh, and has turned into a pretty good player for um, Missouri. The, the best thing to come out of today's press conference and Connor Tollison saw it and retweeted it. Um, it, Drinkwood said about Connor Tollison, quote, he's got the right kind of demeanor and he's got a really bad haircut. If you combine all those things, then you've got yourself an offensive lineman in the mold of Case Cook. And Connor Tollison just retweet, retweeted it with a wow. But, um, Sean, if you had a chance to, uh, to see him in person, because I, I know that Missouri fans think, and, and they may very well be right, I don't know, but they think he's by far the most underrated guy in this class. Yeah, actually, I did. Uh, first game of the of their season, Fort Sumwalt West, I believe. Uh, there's a lot of Fort Sumwalts around yeah. there, direction <laughs> direction of Fort Sumwalt School. Uh, but yeah, he looked really solid, you know. And and you know, there was a couple of reps where he maybe lost his footing a little bit, tripped. But I mean, you know, hey, first game of the season, kind of chalk that up. But he's got really good upper body strength, uh, and uh, I think he could. Maybe just – and it might have been competition too. Maybe have a little bit of quicker feet just in terms of pass protection, things like that. Maybe something he needs to improve on. But overall, just his – the way he run blocks and he's kind of a road grader for the running game on his team was really impressive. So, uh, yeah, I was really impressed with him, you know, and a uh, really good kid to talk to. I think we did like about a seven, eight-minute video interview after the game. So he was really super excited about Missouri. And like I said, he's been one of the – one of the like – you know, four or five guys that, uh, you know, it's been recruiting pretty hard for this class too. Sean, I will, one I will of the say, that, I will, oh, sorry, I will say about the haircut, uh, case cooks is definitely a lot worse than Connor Tollison's, you know, Connor's <laughs> just got the, Connor's just got the long flowing hair right now. So he don't have, I don't think he has the mullet long hair. So with the Kentucky waves behind it. So, 
Cook didn't have it, I don't think, when he came to Missouri, so there's still time no. for Tolson. But, uh, yeah, uh, uh, one of the things that, that Eli Dracoots touched on in his press conference today that like, I kind of think is actually kind of an underrated storyline in this class is not only did Missouri go to Indiana, which is you know not a place you really associate with Missouri recruiting and get two kids, but two four-star kids, including their, their highest-ranked kid in the rivals' rankings and Kyron right. Montgomery, so top top 250 kid. Do you have a sense for, you know, how that connection came about? I know Drinkwoods today credited DJ Smith, the linebacker coach who has some ties in the area. But, right. I mean, you know, when you talk to those guys, what, what was kind of some of the factors that went into that? Uh, yeah, DJ Smith. I mean, that was kind of the big factor. Uh, I don't, I'm not really sure what his ties to the area is specifically, but I know, you know, that's an area where he recruits and, uh, you know, initiates contact and everything like that. So that was, uh, that was the name that, that, um, you know, both those guys brought up just in terms of building a relationship initially and, and things like that. So, and, and then obviously, you know, it goes from there. But, yeah, DJ Smith's kind of the one that extended offers and kind of started building that bridge for both of those guys. So, uh, it's done a good job. And we've seen it. They targeted other uh, top guys in the Indianapolis area. They're, they've got, like, a lot of the Indianapolis's top targets in 2022. They've offered those guys, too. So, yeah, that seems to be – a Seems to be a ground that DJ's familiar with, and he's they're going to st- extend a lot of offers out in that area and try to get more kids from from Indianapolis to come over. Yeah, Sean, I'm sure you tune into this show every Wednesday night, so I'm sure you know this. <laughs> but uh, we talk a, we talk a lot about hair. Mitchell gets a lot of comments. Dalton is currently insulting. He says I have the mid fifties hairdo going, which you know, <laughs> I, I own it. That's all right. Um, so. Uh, I want to uh, let you guys know real quick. I, I just got a direct message from Tyler Macon. He is still going to join us, but he needs to back it up to 8 o'clock. So we'll have Makai Wingo at, at 7.30 and Tyler Macon at 8 o'clock, which means we can spend a couple more minutes with Sean because Sean hasn't had a long day at all. He's only been working for like 13 hours. He's He's got to get off here and get started on the 2024, I think, Missouri in-state rankings for you guys so so everybody knows what's going on. Uh, D- Sean, Jacob is asking uh, – uh, it, it reflections on Drinkwood's commitment to uh, Colorado, Missouri, Texas, Illinois, just kind of the geographic breakdown of this class. We were talking before you came on, like, I wonder if in some ways the way recruiting went this year made it easier to be kind of a nationwide deal and go to North Carolina because you weren't flying to North Carolina. All you had to do is FaceTime mm-hmm. Damian Wilson, you know, in North Carolina. So. Yeah, you think about that, which uh, Damian Damian Wilson they they had previous connections with when they were at App State. So, uh, but you think about it, pandemic, you can't travel. Uh, you know, you're kind of sitting around in the spring doing nothing because everything's shut down. So that gives the coaches a lot more time to look at film, and to look at film of probably guys they never looked at film at before. You know, so there's different areas. Um, different areas and different regions of the country, you can you can find guys, and then hey, you can't travel nowhere. So you're you're uh, on equal ground with other with other teams. You know, just reach out to their coaches, see what's up, and then start building a relationship with those guys. And yeah, really kind of Zoom kind of works out for kind of reaching out nationwide and and geographically and and grabbing some kids that maybe otherwise you wouldn't never find or never see just because you have a little bit of extra time in that spring. Uh, I guess evaluation online evaluation uh, area. So you know, watch a lot of film, find a lot of guys doing that. So uh, it kind of opens up your geographical regions. 
Sean, I, I, we got to obviously go back to the 2022 discussions because, as Gabe said, 2021 old news. Someone asked here about uh, Toriano Pride, the, the four-star defensive back from Lutheran North. you have any sense of uh, where Missouri stands with him at this point? Uh, really good. Uh, really good. Just talking to him. I actually went to Lutheran North's first game of the season um, when they played uh, Parkway West. And, of course, you know, Toriano does a little bit of everything for that team. You know, he's cornerback. He He's a running back. You know, he, I think he lines up a wide receiver. He returns punts, kicks. Uh, but, yeah, he speaks really, uh, really glowingly of the staff and, and just his relationship. And, uh, you know, I think that's another thing. You, you kind of um, – just 2022 class and this class in particular, you, you kind of see Drinkwitz head coaches. It depends. It's kind of a toss up how involved they are in recruiting. And, and, um, you know, Eli Drinkwitz is very, very much involved in recruiting. I mean, in, in terms of talking to these kids, you know, almost every day getting on the phone with them. So he's making that effort where you see some coaches maybe take a step back, get involved in the process a little bit later. Um, but yeah, I mean, from the get go, you know, Drinkwitz is really on these guys from the get-go, you know, in terms of building relationships, and that's been a big thing. But Toriano Pride, Missouri's in a really good spot with him, I believe. All right, Sean, last thing, and, and we'll we'll let you go because you've had a, a busy day and, and all that. But uh, you cover uh, you cover recruiting for Vanderbilt. Also, uh, you, you probably pay as much attention just kind of SEC-wide um, as – Certainly more than Mitchell or I do to recruiting. This is this is kind of more your day. We just text you and be like, "Who's this kid? What's his story?" And, and you can tell us. <laughs> in. But uh, it, it, I mean, my my thought is this is the type of class that Eli Drinkwitz has to start stacking one on top of the other to compete in this league. I, I mean, you know, Missouri's place in this league isn't ever going to be the top three in recruiting, but it needs to quit being the bottom three, which is where it's been. Do you, do you see this as the kind of class where, Hey, if it's a foundation as opposed to an aberration, this is, this is what leads Missouri to be more competitive every year. Oh yeah, no doubt. I mean, you know, the, I was saying, I think I, I can't remember who said it, it wasn't Barry Switzer more, not about the X's and O's, but the Jimmy's and the Joe's. So um, yeah, great foundation. Like I said, I mean, just the, the amount of top talent that they signed and you just got to keep stacking from there. I mean, you know, you look at the 2022 class, they're already involved with some really top guys, top rated guys. So, um, yeah, you just keep the train rolling, you know, I mean, I, and this is a really, you know, you kind of combine this class. It's, it's 20 right now. I mean, that's the highest it's been. I don't know. You guys ever. have been covering ever. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, what a, what a start for your first, you know, full recruiting class. So you just got to keep getting better off that. I mean, look, it's a, it's all about building momentum. So if you're in, and they're showing that they're good on the football field, it looks like they're going to go bowling this year, have a winning record. So, you know, that's important too. But when you got a top 20 class on top of that, it shows that you're doing some really good things. All right. Well, Sean, appreciate the time, man. Appreciate the work all year. You get tomorrow off. Uh, we need the state's top 40 for 2022 on Friday morning in the chamber. Uh, it's not what the schedule says. I have to write a story for tomorrow. So. I changed. Oh, okay. Well, we still need the top 40, though. <laughs> okay. Well, next week. Next week. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Sean. Appreciate it, man. Yep. See you guys. All right. So, Sean Williams, he covers recruiting for us all year long. And, uh, look, it, it, like, I'm not exaggerating. Truly, frequently, Mitch and I will text him and be like, 
I, I don't know who this kid is. And Sean does know who he is, which is fortunate for us. Uh, he allows us to, to kind of focus on some of the other stuff. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like, Mitch, now you and me just – we're done, man. Sean filled everybody in. Uh, we can guess yeah. at what happens in 2022, and we're good. I was going to say, yeah, I don't know what else what else people want us to talk about. That's, that He's more informative than will be. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. If anyone uh, anyone wants to insult us or whatever, just okay. I'm sure that's that's an easy yeah easy I thing to do. Guarantee somebody does. Uh, do want to mention real quick while we've got a minute that this show every week is brought to you by five seven three tees dot com. You've still got what's today December sixteenth. Time is a flat circle anymore, but yeah, you got nine days before Christmas. You go to 573tees.com. I'm not going to promise you your stuff's going to get there by Christmas. I don't know. I can't make promises for them, but you can at least like show people, hey, I waited too long to order you something, but here's a picture of what I ordered you on this website. Uh, <laughs> if you go through the uh, if you go through the the show page on our site, you can get a 10% discount off your first order with 573tees.com. So. All this stuff that, that we're doing this year is is really only possible because we've had so many people kind of help us out with sponsorships and, and things like that. Um, you know, they've they've paid for my home office, basically. Um, they, this little <laughs> banner behind me, they might buy Mitch one eventually. But um, in, in all seriousness, though, 573Ts has been great to us. So we hope you guys support them, support a, a ton of small businesses this Christmas, but especially the ones who help us out. And 573Ts is, is run by a huge Mizzou fan. You follow them on Twitter, you can tell uh, certainly that that he is as plugged into. Uh, he's probably more plugged into recruiting than you and me, Mitch. He's he's more like Sean than than you or I. But uh, get back yeah. to uh, get back to some of your questions. Jamal the Don wants to know if there's a reason Love got moved down to a three star on the composite, which gives me a chance to say that we don't do the composite. Uh, that is a I have heard there is another network that does recruiting coverage. I don't know why you would necessarily subscribe to that one because they don't have three people covering Missouri full-time. But if you do, that is certainly your choice. Um, but we don't do that. Um, despite the constant reminders that um, <laughs> our rankings are terrible, we have Missouri's class rated much higher than other people who do these rankings. So uh, obviously, at least for 2020, Rivals.com is the best. For Missouri. Mm -hmm. so. Yes, usually, usually we are told that rivals hates Missouri, but this year rivals is genius. So, this and also we we have nothing to do with the rankings, by the way. But we'll take no. credit for it if you Absol want to give it to us. I, I actually I gave input to rankings one time in my whole life because uh, they email us and they're like, hey, if you've got any input to rankings, you know, let us know. But it can't just be I don't know this. They told me this guy was really good, right? And, mm. and I don't go and scout. That's not what I do. So the only time I ever gave input to rankings, there was a three-star signee from Texas in 2005 who I, uh, I told the people at Rivals, I said, I really think this kid should be a four-star because he's in the biggest class in Texas, and he set all kinds of records. And you just don't put up those numbers if – you know, without being pretty damn good. And I know his offer list isn't the greatest. And I know he's going to tell everybody for 10 years he's six feet tall, but he's probably more like 5'10 and a half, 5'11. And the direct quote I got back was Chase Daniel will never play a down at quarterback for Missouri. He will be a wide receiver. So uh, that's the best wide receiver playing quarterback I've seen in quite some time. And I don't do that to call anybody in particular out. Look, everybody's wrong 
right? Sometimes we, we all think somebody's going to be good and they aren't. Um, we predict things every day on the site and we're wrong and people never let us forget it. So I don't blame anybody for being wrong. But the only time I ever actually gave rankings input, I think I was right. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah, you should clearly never do it again. Just <laughs> right. retire while you're on top. One. One for one. If anyone ever says anything, be like, I tried to tell you all and you didn't listen. So yeah. I'm done. So uh, real quick, and again, we're, we're going to have Makai Wingo here in about 15 minutes. He has responded very quickly to every message that I've sent him. So I, I fully uh, do anticipate that he's going to uh, going to call in here. And I fully anticipate that, hey, we tested the technology and it actually worked. So hopefully that will continue next time. Um, but uh, it take some of your questions and, and we can get into some other things. Obviously today is national signing day and that's the story, but uh case says, does someone want to tell Gabe that we're a basketball school now? And like, Hey, that's going pretty well too. And, and Mitch, uh, I know you get to spend Friday night watching Prairie view A and M. So is this the part of the show where you give a detailed scouting report on the uh, Prairie dogs? I don't know what they are. I don't actually know their mascot either, which disappoints I'm, me. I'm going to Google I just it while you're talking, but I'm going to guess Bears. I'm guessing Aggies because every A&M school is the Aggies. But anyway, um, I, yeah, I mean, you know, there's been enough going on this week that, believe it or not, I haven't dove deep into Prairie View A&M. I know they're in the SWAC conference, which is perennially the worst in Division One, and that is, a, that is all I know about them. I think Missouri should win. They are the Panthers, which seems – uh, intriguing to me because I don't know that I've ever seen a Panther on a Prairie. No, but you know, if you get the double P, the alliteration, that's really, that's more important. I mean, when's the last time you saw a tiger in Missouri? Look, they clearly missed a chance to be the dogs. I, I mean, I, I don't know why anyone <laughs> the, the Prairie dogs. <laughs> so, I agree. That, yeah, that would have been wise. Much yeah. better. So uh, Justin says, I know we don't actually know since this is his first class, but if the ceiling before Drinkwitz was 20th, what is it now? And, how good can you be? And, and like, look, I want to say I what he has done with this class, I wasn't sure could be done at Missouri. Right. I, I really I mean, I thought the ceiling probably was getting to about 20. Um, you would hope the ceiling isn't in year one. Uh, but, you know, I, I think the ceiling in the SEC and in, in any given year might maybe they could get to like fourth or fifth in the league. But like over time, the ceiling is is probably seventh unless somehow Tennessee starts having recruiting rankings that mirror the football program it actually is. Then the ceiling yeah. would be six. Yeah. 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 I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm hesitant also to, to like give a definitive ceiling answer because, you know, we already have kind of been proven wrong, like you said. And, you know, yes, it's theoretically possible, you know, if he starts, you know, building something here and they start winning big, who knows, you know, that just leads to more recruiting success. But it would be very, I mean, it would just go against everything we know to all of a sudden say, you know, Missouri is, can realistically start landing like top 12 classes or something like that. You know, maybe it lines up where you can get like a couple five stars in state or something like that. But still, I mean, like, you know, if you're in the 20 to 25 range every year, like I think that's really good. And you can absolutely get to the point where we, you know, always said Missouri should be, which is winning like an average of eight games a year. And every once in a while, maybe you take a step back and it's six. And then every once in a while, things line up and, you know, you get a senior class that comes together and you win 10 or 11. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, look, I also think that this has obviously been like a year long honeymoon and everybody loves everything Drinkwitz has done. And you should. I mean, it's been really good so far. I think 
we need to be open to the possibility that next year could be like a plateau or maybe even a small step back, and that doesn't mean anything bad. Uh, but you're talking about a, a, a team that's losing probably Nick Bolton, uh, almost certainly Larry Roundtree, Tyree Gillespie, Josh Bledsoe, um, you know, Damon Hazleton, I, I don't think probably comes back. So there's a lot of guys that are going to be gone off this team next year. Trey Williams, obviously already transferred. And I, I don't think you can ask this 20th ranked recruiting class to step in and, and like all be ready to go as true freshmen. So it, you're always recruiting for a year or two down the road. So I, I could see year two being a little bit more of a leveling off. And then, and, the, and I say that without having any idea what the schedule is or anything like that, but I'm just saying, you know, a seven and five ish type season uh, next year, seven and five, eight and four, maybe being kind of the ceiling. And then, then see if you can, can take off when he does get two or three recruiting classes in here, because what, what really was obvious to me when I wrote some things and, and went back and looked at some things is, the recruiting had slipped the last three or four years. I mean, I, I don't think there's much question about it. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a common thing with sports fans. You know, you, you get excited and then, you know, and you just want to project everything as linear and like success right. is going to be more success. And if he could do this at year one, imagine what he can do in year two. Imagine what he can do in year three. And it often doesn't work quite like that, especially because, you know, I mean, you know, in any given year, you could have like six plays that determine the result of you know, three or four games and you're not always going to win every close game, although he's done a remarkable job of that so far. Um, so, you know, I like, yeah, I, I, I agree. Even if, even if, you know, next year or the year after something isn't like this, it doesn't continue this rocket ship trajectory. doesn't mean something's wrong. Even if, you know, the recruiting rankings aren't always 20th, it doesn't necessarily mean something's wrong, but right. um, you know, just certainly reason to be optimistic I think if he gets in a situation where his team looks like it might lose a close game he should be like all right we gotta lose this by like 10 because I've got an immaculate yeah. record in one score games guys so we're gonna need we're gonna need to, to maybe take a dive here for a couple plays uh Floyd is asking since any player can return due to COVID do you think Sean Robinson might come back and attempt a position change like wide receiver first of all Sean Robinson is not a senior he's a junior this year correct and correct then, yeah and then would be a junior again next year because this year just didn't right. exist. Um, so, uh, so he, I mean, he would technically be able to leave uh, certainly if he wanted to, but he has eligibility remaining. And Drinkwitz talked about Robinson on his uh, call yesterday and said that basically Sean Robinson was the guy, and, and very few people realized this at the time, but he changed numbers from three to 12. So that's why a lot of people didn't know he played. Drinkwitz said he was basically – responsible for Missouri blocking that punt against Georgia and just could not speak any more highly of the kid and, and what kind of a teammate he is and, and how big a team player he's been after losing the starting quarterback job five quarters into the season. Mo most people probably don't do that. Yeah, yeah, a few things on Robinson. First of all, uh, yeah, I, I didn't realize he played. I did. I noticed at one point he changed numbers. I spotted him on the sideline on, on Saturday, and I threw it in the little live updates blog, but I know not a lot, ton of people are checking that as the game's going on. Um, I, I went back and watched the punt after he said that. I think and he got a little overexcited. Maybe I missed something, but I think he got a little overexcited in his praise of Sean Robinson and saying that he was responsible for that play because it looked to me like the Georgia protection was responsible for that play by completely not blocking Mason Pack. Okay. But still. Maybe, maybe it's because Robinson. they were I mean, all blocking Sean Robinson. Maybe. Maybe they were just so thrown off to see him on the field. That could be it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, it's – 
it's really that is really rare, obviously, for you know a, a quarterback to lose out on the job and then not only stick around through the season in a time when a ton of people are opting out, but volunteer to go play special teams. And I think he might be kind of available as a reserve, reserve defensive back if they get low there. I know he was sitting with the defense on the sideline during the game. Um, you know, will he stay at Missouri next year? I don't know. I mean, like, I would not be stunned, and this is speculation, but I wouldn't be stunned if the staff said, like, hey, you know, thanks for everything you did. Go somewhere you can play quarterback if that's what you want to do. But I, I still think that wouldn't diminish, you know, what, what he did, you know, this season, I, I think, is uh, is pretty cool. And Because and, I think transfers get a bad rap of, oh, well, he's not a team guy. Obviously, he is. Now, look, it didn't work at TCU, and whether that was his fault or the coaching staff's fault or whatever, but obviously, it's it's worked here uh better so i again makai wingo is supposed to be joining us in about four or five minutes so i want to get in one more question here from floyd before uh before we go because i think this is interesting drink should be sec coach of the year if this season had four non-conference games mizzou would be going for win number eight or nine i agree with the second part of that is true so i'm gonna phrase it this way mitch does he need to win this weekend to be the sec coach of the year Oh, I don't know. I, yeah, I, I mean, I think a loss would dampen the luster a little bit. You know, yeah. I still think it's a really a remarkable and successful season if they lose this weekend, you know, especially given how low they are in bodies. Um, it doesn't necessarily drastically change my view. But if you're going to give someone the coach of the year, you don't want to necessarily see them end with, you know, a beatdown loss to Georgia and then a loss to a pretty bad Mississippi State team. Um, I don't know. I, I, I was actually thinking about this and talking about this the other day. Um, like, I, like you know, the, the obvious candidates are Drinkwitz, probably Jimbo Fisher. Um, I mean, maybe Sam Pittman, but I don't think no, so really at this point. And then I was thinking, I was thinking though, like, how, why can't we just give it to Nick Saban? I mean, like, I know he's got agree. the most talent, but like, I think that would probably in, be my vote. In a year when... I mean, Drinkwitz would win the, like, overachieving. Like, hey, you're better than we thought. And at 6-4, and four, I think I'd probably vote for him. If Missouri loses to Mississippi yeah. State and ends up 5-5, five and five, I honestly think I'd probably go, you know what? The only guy who got his team through every single thing this year and even won a game when he was on his couch is Nick Saban. You know, um, and I, I think it's – I, I saw a thing uh, a couple weeks ago that said Nick Saban has won more national titles than he has SEC Coach of the Year. I mean, it's, yeah. it, it's like he's penalized for being such a good recruiter, but the thing is, like, recruiting is 75% of the job, so that counts as yeah. being a coach. Yeah. yeah, and I get it. It'd be boring if you just, you know, gave the, the best team the Coach of the Year award every year, and I'm sure he doesn't really care, although maybe he has a clause on his contract about it, so maybe he's bitter. I don't know. But, uh, like, yeah, I mean, I, I would, I would you know, I think Eli Dring has done a great job. I don't know. I, I'd have to go back and I'd have to sit down yeah. and really look at it. I might vote for him, but, I, I mean, I do think it's funny how, like, you know, when you have people have these discussions, like Saban's not even brought up a lot of the time. And like Jimbo, I can see it. I mean, they're probably going to be eight and one. Um, but this also was kind of the year that everybody said, look, they've got to be second and rise up and challenge Alabama. So that's what, well, they were second. I mean, they didn't challenge Alabama. Now, neither did anybody else. So that's, it's not necessarily an insult to them. They've had a good year. They may slide in the playoff just because there aren't, you know, uh, I, I, I don't know. Um, I mean, I'd, I'd be a little bit surprised if they get in. Uh, I think it would take, 
probably Notre Dame beating Clemson, we think, is what would have to happen. And then Texas A&M would slide in because the committee has made it 1 million percent clear if you play outside of one of the five conferences, we are never, ever, ever going to allow you to be part of this thing. Yeah, and really, are we sure the Pac-12 is ever getting back in? I'm not sure they are. I think it's just the, the main four. I mean, yeah, is it isn't Oregon like three and one, and they're playing in the Pac-12 title game? This week? <laughs> yeah, and I don't know if you saw, but you know you, they're playing USC, uh, who it got in over Colorado basically because USC had to cancel the USC Colorado game, which is a whole other thing. And then and then USC though is in doubt; they're having some COVID issues or something like that. So there's a chance Colorado could play in the game. So Colorado sent its equipment truck halfway between Boulder and L.A. to just, like, be on standby in case they have to travel at last minute to play in the league title game. So the Pac-12 title game could be between two teams that did not win their divisions. Correct. This year is awesome. Uh, (laughs) By awesome, I mean obviously completely hideous and ridiculous. But, again, like, it's better than not. It's entertaining. Yeah. It's entertaining. It's it's better than not playing. We're glad they played. Um, you know, so uh once again today, National Signing Day, we have tons of stuff on the site about it. Um, you can go check it out. Uh we we ran down all the signings. We talked to Arden Walker uh this afternoon. Uh the video of Eli Drinkwitz's press conference is up. Uh I think Mitch is gonna have a story tomorrow uh, about what Missouri may still look to add, but now, this is why I think all you guys are here. I just saw a uh, new Mizzou signee, Makai Wingo, popped into the uh, screen. And Makai, Gabe DeArmond, and Mitchell Forty here. First of all, can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you. <laughs> all right, good news, man. We're, uh, every week we're trying new things and, and adding new things to this show, and we just mess around with the technology and find out if it works when, when we get it started. So, uh First thing, I mean, uh, hey, you were the first commit uh, months and months ago and probably even seems longer because this year has lasted like 12 years in, in real time. But uh, you finally got to sign today. So what was it like when, when you got up this morning and, and sent that letter into Columbia? Uh, you know, it felt amazing. Like, you know, all your work had finally paid off. You know, I got on FaceTime with the coaches. They show uh, me putting my name up on the board and all. And, you know, it just it felt amazing. Mikai, I know I, I talked to you about this a little while back for a story, but obviously wanted to, to go ahead and reiterate, you know, you're the first person to, to commit to this new coaching staff. Uh, what, what made you pull the trigger when you did? Um, just when I took the visit, loved the facilities, you know, the weight room and all the coaches. And, you know, when I met Coach Drink, when I went up there the first time, it was a few recruits up there, but he made me a priority, you know, like he really pushed the issue for me to jump in early and get it done. And then you really, uh, I mean, you were on Twitter, you and, and Tyler Macon and a few other guys, you were really busy recruiting other dudes. And, I mean, you pulled through today and uh, and got Arden Walker. When did you know that Arden Walker was coming to Missouri? I mean, I found out when everybody else found out, you know. I texted him last night. It was like, so your mind made up? He was like, yeah, bro, I'm going to just let everybody know tomorrow at 9. I'm like, okay, okay. I wasn't so sure about it last night, but, you know, I, I had been on it for a long time and we had made a good you know, relationship. So I, I figured we had to How did you kind of make that relationship with him out in Colorado and you in St. Louis? Is that just all online? Yeah, you know, just hitting them up. We, we talk almost every day just about everything, you know, mm-hmm. obviously share football connection. He was, uh, he, they won their state championship and we lost ours. So 
that was something we talked about, you know, just making them feel like family, basically. I'm curious, you know, you're, Mikhail, you're talking to, you know, a guy in Colorado who, who, you know, you don't really know personally every day, I guess. How many other of these these uh, players in the signing class were you really talking with frequently and, and you know, talking through kind of their decision? Um, uh, Kyron, I was talking to Kyron a lot before he committed. Um, Dan, you are D, D tackle or DN, whatever. I was hitting him up, but I think out of all of them, I had the best relationship with Arden. Like, we clicked the most. So, look, there's like six or seven defensive linemen in this class. You're talking about all these other guys you got to know. So, I, I, I think a lot of people look at a recruiting class and say, you know, you don't want too many guys at your position. But also, there's a thing where, like, good players want to play with other good players, right? You, you want to get as many good players so you can come win games in Columbia. Oh, for sure. I want guys that we can compete with each other in practice. You know, you want to compete to get on the field. And when you look to your left and right, you want a guy that can do what you do on the field, too. So, for sure. Makai, I know from, you know, talking to you before, obviously your coach, for people who don't know, Robert Steeples played at Missouri, has has ties to the program. But he uh, he almost was, was not trying to talk you out of your commitment, but he was like the wet blanket at first when you told him, hey, I want to commit to Missouri. <laughs> I, I, walk people through that, what, what all he said and why you, uh, you talked him into letting you go ahead and pull the trigger when you did. All right, so I took the visit. First off, I had no plans to commit to Mizzou at all. Took the visit, I think, January 18th. Went down there, loved everything. On the way back, I text him. I'm like, I think this might be the place. He was like, you know, slow down. You know what I'm saying? Like, you still got some more visits set up. Because I had a visit to Arkansas set up the next week. He's like, you know, take your visits. Are there any other schools you're interested in? Let me know. And so I text Coach Drink at about probably 11 p.m. that night, or about 10, 11. It was like, Coach, you know, I think I'm ready to jump in and get it done. And so I sent, I just sent the edit to Coach Steeples the next morning because he had told me to sleep on a decision. So when I sent it to him, he was like, I, I guess you slept on the ride back, huh? <laughs> and so he did that. And he was like, okay, well, I'm proud of you. You know, they seem like they want you a lot. And the program should be heading in the right direction. So, Makai, what was it like being a recruit this year? I mean, look, you committed pretty early, so maybe you wouldn't have taken a ton of these visits anyway. But, I mean, to not be able to go and see any of these campuses, and, and I would say, like, look, man, if if you're good enough where people want to pay for you to go to college, like, go take five trips and see places and get treated like a king because a lot of recruits find out when you get to campus and you're a player, like, Maybe they maybe they're not quite as nice as they were when when you were recruited, right? So, but what was it like going through this and not being able to take any of those trips and not being able to have that weekend in Columbia with all the the committed guys that you probably would have had a couple weekends ago in a normal year? You know, it's just without being able to visit, there's a lot of a lot of coaches hitting you up, so they want to FaceTime more, they want to talk more, because they can't get you down on campus, so. They were really on me, like different schools, you know, just everybody trying to get you and stuff. But with, with Coach Drink, them like, you don't even have to be on campus to feel their energy. Like our coaching staff, you know, like, yeah, these going to be some cool guys, even when you're on the phone with them. Mikai, obviously, you know, you're you're from St. Louis, and that's been a big uh, subject of, of, you know, discussion and focus for Missouri and recruiting over really forever. But, uh, you know, especially this year, Eli Drinkwood said he's really prioritized St. Louis. I'm curious, you know, 
what what kind of an impact do you see his efforts having had uh, on the area for your class and beyond? You know, I think he's done a great job, you know, making us a priority like he said he would. Like, he's not just getting the kids that want to stay in Missouri. He's making kids want to stay. And I think, especially for the future, with him getting Isaac early as the second commit in 2022, I think that was huge. And, you know, that'll leave an impression on the rest of the recruits in the state. All right, so, Makai, I know you can't see the comments from people watching, but we've got some people a- asking questions. And, and Floyd wants to know who you pattern your game after. Like, is there a player, whether it's an NFL guy or a college guy, that, that you'd really like to say you play like? Oh, for sure, Aaron Donald, for sure. <laughs> That's my favorite player. That's every defensive lineman wants to play like that guy. <laughs> He's the best. And uh, yeah. and Jacob wants to know, and, and look, I know we know the answer to this question, but uh, about uh, enrolling early, or are you going to be enrolling early, or are you going to be coming in the summer? I'll be coming in the summer. Mm-hmm. Get that, get that last, uh, enjoy that last semester of online class in St. Louis. <laughs> yeah, I try. I really wanted to leave, but it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Mikai, you mentioned obviously wanting to play like Aaron Donald. I guess you know, give people an insight into into your skill set and how you feel like you kind of fit into Mizzou's uh, defensive scheme? Um, I think what I can bring is an automatic pass rush, you know, especially for Mizzou. I think I can bring that ASAP, you know. I obviously have to get stronger, you know, get in the system, learn the plays. But I think with the mix of their 3-4 and 4-3, I can fit in well playing anything from 0 to 4 tech. So, so how does that work once you've signed? Are, are coaches allowed to kind of uh, give you workout plans and stuff like that to, to help you kind of get ready, or does that all have to wait till the summer when you get on campus? No, I just talked to them. I actually hit them up today. They said they'll send a workout plan, I think, Friday or Saturday, and they want us to start working out Monday. <laughs> so, so you get a good uh, three or four days off to enjoy being a, a college football player before it's back to work, huh? I know. I actually just came from a workout not too long ago. Like I was just working out before this. Yeah, I was gonna say you were mentioning, you know, what needing to get stronger. I've seen on Twitter you put up some uh, not half bad numbers in some of these <laughs> lifts. So what 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 are, what are some of your uh, your lift maxes? Uh, I say bench. My bench press about three thirty, three forty. Squat about five forty, five fifty, somewhere in there. And deadlift, I, the whole gym. I don't, I don't know. I can deadlift a lot. Wow. Same, obviously. I mean, <laughs> Makai obviously is in the best shape of anyone on this show. So, uh, <laughs> certainly impressive there. So, look, what what's uh, what are the next few months like for you? I mean, obviously, you're, you you can be at home. But, uh, you know, kind of what are you focused on these, these last few months in St. Louis before you do get to come up to Columbia next summer? You know, I, I'll be working out at, at least four times a week. And when I'm not lifting, I'll be, you know, working on my technique, keeping my footwork together, you know, staying in shape and, you know, just getting ready for when I get there. Hey, I want to, I want to go to our, our viewers probably don't know this, but give me a good Brick Haley story from recruiting. Cause man, Brick Haley is, that is a <laughs> character. Like, like what's your, what's your funniest Brick Haley moment? I don't even have this a moment. He, he's hilarious in general. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He's just a funny dude in general. He's funny. Yeah. <laughs> he is. Um, Mikai, one of the questions uh, one of our viewers asks, and I know you, you touched on your, your skill set a little bit, but he's asking what, what you consider to be your biggest strength. 
my ability to get after the quarterback. That's for sure my biggest strength. Like, I think I would say I have an advanced, you know, pass rush arsenal for a high schooler. And I think I can bring that to the college level ASAP. All right, so so another one, uh, one of the viewers says, how big a factor was going to an SEC school for you? And now, Makai, you're, you're a little bit younger than me. You might not know there was a time Missouri wasn't in the SEC, you know, then, but but it's kind of oh, yeah, weird. To, yeah, it's, it's kind of weird to me that, that guys your age are obviously now, this is just an SEC school. This is just kind of how it's always been. Was But is playing in this conference a, a big selling point for, for Missouri? You know, I think, I always want I, – I, I used to didn't want to play in the SEC for real, you know. I wanted to go to the Big 12, Pac-12, you know, pretty pass rushing and all that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they say this is the closest thing to the NFL, and I wanted to play in that. And I actually got a story. Uh, the main reason I came to the SEC for real was my sophomore year, I was getting recruited by Georgia. And they told me, they was like, you know – I'm not sure how your body will, will, you know, stand up against those SEC double teams. You know, we six six across the board. How you think you was? How you think you would do? My coach told him he he didn't just become undersized. He'd been that, and that since they told me that right there, I'm like, yeah, I, I'm going to the SEC. There you That's go. cool. Um, one thing that uh, another guy, Jake Jake B, another viewer asks is. If you're going to continue to kind of be vocal in recruiting guys in future classes to Mizzou, like you have been with this class, oh yeah, for sure. Especially the St. Louis guys, we're going to try to get them for sure. Uh, True wants to know what you're majoring in. You got any? Got any? Like, uh, I mean, I, I know you're coming to play football, but I heard they make you go to class too. So, what are you doing uh, academically? Uh, I'm not really sure yet. Something with communications, maybe like sports broadcasting or something like that. Yeah. You have the personality for it, for sure. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, we'll, we'll have um, you on as a you know, co-host. I think that's an NCAA violation, though. So. <laughs> yeah. Probably can't do that. <laughs> you know, we've, we've talked about you being close with a lot of guys in this class, but obviously you're teammates with, with one of Missouri's signees and Taj Butts. So I, I was, you know, wanted to give you a chance to kind of uh, give us some, some insight into what, what you think he can bring to Mizzou. Hey, Taj bring that thunder. Hey, <laughs> A lot of people don't want to come up and hit Taj. He got the body of an SEC running back, you know, 5'11", 220, and he's fast. He, he got that breakaway speed. He he cold. Taj is cold. <laughs> All right, Makai, just kind of want to wrap it up with you because we got your guy Tyler calling in in a few minutes, and, and I know you've had a long day. But just kind of looking back on this whole process, I mean, has it sunk in that, hey, you're – you're going to college, you're playing SEC football yet. Have you kind of had time to process that whole thing, or do you think there's going to be a, a, a time later where you kind of look back on the whole process? Probably when it's time for me to leave my high school, you know, leave all my brothers behind, it's going to be like, dang, it, it's <laughs> over. <I'm, laughs> it's a whole other level I'm on now. So, yeah. All right, well, Makai, really appreciate you taking the time, man. I know it's been a busy day, and I know a lot of Missouri fans were glad to hear from you. So, uh Congratulations again, and I'm sure we will uh, see plenty of you over the next four years. Sure, thank you. All right, that is Makai Wingo from DeSmet Jesuit Prep, I think is actually the uh, technical name of the school. Whatever, we played football at DeSmet. Defensive tackle and uh, obviously uh, was Missouri's first commitment. And, uh, look, I I had reached out and and asked a couple people. I said – 
uh, you know, Sean Williams and a couple other people, I said, we want to get a couple of the signees on the show. Who's who's going to be good at this? Uh, I, I think Makai fit the bill, man. He, he, he knew what he was doing. Yeah, he's a really, really fun personality, great guy to talk to. And, uh, you know, that I mean, that shown through uh, before, you know, we talked to him before we interviewed him when he would just – like he said, get on Twitter and, and reach out to all these other, you know, commits and uh, or, or targets of Missouri's and, you know, formed a relationship with a guy in Arden Walker who he I don't think he had ever met. So, yeah, he's uh, I think he'll be a good ambassador for the program for sure. So uh, once again, just Tay, if, we, if we've got people kind of jumping in and, and joining us mid midway through, this is the 573 Report brought to you by 573Ts.com. Today, National Signing Day, Missouri signed 21 guys. That includes uh, Oklahoma offensive line transfer EJ Indoma Ogar, who, uh, who we kind of knew about a few months ago, but he was announced today as part of the class. Uh, Tennessee running back B.J. Harris did not sign. Junior college, Garden City Junior College defensive lineman Shamar Pearl, who committed to Missouri a couple years ago out of high school and then committed again, did not sign today. That does not mean they won't sign. Um, this signing period goes through Friday. Eli Drinkwitz dodged a little bit the question of whether they expect anything else this week. Um, but there is another signing period in February. Missouri's going to add five to seven more guys, and, and those two certainly could be a part of it. Um, so in – uh, those of you who are jumping on some of the comments, I, I think most of you have been here. But again, we just talked to Makai Wingo from DeSmet. We are going to talk to East St. Louis quarterback Tyler Macon. He's going to be calling in at 8 o'clock. That's kind of the second uh, second part of the show. And then when we're done talking to Tyler and, uh, and, and all that, we'll wrap that up. So certainly when Tyler comes on, uh, look, you guys are the ones that, that want to hear from these kids. So uh, we can talk to them. Mostly anytime, um, at least as long as they're high school players. Once they become college players, right. we'll never talk to them. But uh, as right. long as they're high school players, we can talk to them. So when when Tyler does come on, please feel free to ask questions. I mean, you know, obviously be respectful and, and all that. They're taking their time, so we'll pick and choose what to put on. But uh, feel free to, to comment questions, all that. Um, so, yeah, I I don't know, Mitch. I feel like we've broken, broken this class down, but it is a two-hour show, and people probably are coming and going a little bit. So – I mean, what do, is there anywhere in this class we look and say they need something else here to finish this class? Yeah, I think you, you start at offensive line. Um, you know, they, they have two guys there in, in Connor Tolleson and uh, EJ Domogar. Um, you know, and, and Drinkwitz did say technically they would count uh, uh Zeke Powell towards this class, but he's already played and actually started every game this year, I believe. But anyway, um, I, I think you want one more guy there. Um, maybe another defensive lineman. We'll see what happens with Shamar Pearl. Um, if he if he ends up uh, as a part of this class, then maybe you're good there. Um, probably another defensive back. I know that there's you know they they've pursued Jadarius Perkins. He's a JUCO guy. Um, Dante Balfour is a high school guy. They've been looking to add another defensive back. And I think possibly if you have another spot, you know, if you find a wide receiver transfer, that might make sense. If you find a linebacker transfer, maybe that makes sense. 
Um, but other than that, I think they're pretty well set. Maybe they could get Nick Bolton to transfer back to Missouri for his senior <laughs> season. That'd, that would that be, would uh, be better than anyone. I mean, that would be a big pickup. Th- that He's would good. legitimately be adding maybe the best linebacker in the entire country for next year. Uh, Sir Mufflebuns, who uh, is, has been on a lot of our shows since we started doing this back in, uh, I don't know, August or September, whenever we started, uh, says, uh, are you going to bring more signees into the show? Enjoyed that feature. And we may um, – Today obviously worked out with it being uh, signing day. We had uh, Cornell Mann on one. Like we would like to have more guests, and now that we know how to do it and we know it works, it is something we can do. It just has to work out with everybody's schedule. And I'm going to be honest, it also has to work out when you're talking about high school kids, high school athletes. Like it has to work out. It has to be somebody with the personality that and that's comfortable doing it because like we do a lot of these interviews and get a lot of three word answers and. That's not going to make for a very good show, and it's not honestly going to make the kid look super great. So, you know, we'll, we'll pick and choose, but it's definitely something we, we could do. I, we might have to have Connor Tollison on to defend his hairstyle, I guess. But Yeah, we didn't even talk about the fact that apparently he's – actually, I knew this, but he, he's bowled multiple 300 games and apparently is a scratch golfer. So, yeah, well, uh, drink, of a heck of a hand-eye coordination for an offensive lineman. Drinkwitz did say he – since he couldn't take an official visit, that he can't actually verify that either of those things are true. I mean, like, right now I could tell Eli Drinkwitz I've bowled a 300 game and I'm a scratch golfer. Neither is remotely true, but I could say it. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I, I only have Tullison's word. I wrote it back about him back in like the spring, but uh, I, I I can't confirm with my own eyes. But I know I can confirm that you are not a scratch golfer, nor am I. Neither of us are scratch golfers. I was, a, I was a scratch drinker the last day we played, though. I did an excellent job <laughs> on that front. So, um, uh, it, look, you know, I just kind of thought about this after after talking to Makai Wingo uh, there for a few minutes and and we talked to Ennis Rakestraw and uh, and JC Carlise on the on the Zoom call yesterday, and I know you're going to write something about them uh, later on in the week. But one thing that I've noticed, and and look, I'm not going to say they're all really good interviews because I'm sure there are some younger kids on this team who aren't great interviews yet. But Drinkwood seems to have a lot of guys that seem pretty comfortable and have some personality, and and I don't know if that's necessarily a thing you recruit, but it is refreshing for guys who do what we do. Uh, to talk to some guys who can talk. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's like a Drinkwitz thing. I mean, like, you know, Carlisle was committed uh, to the old staff, and I believe, you know, they started kind of recruiting Greg Straw. But, they're, yeah, they were both awesome interviews. Um, Luke Griffin's a young guy who was a really good interview a couple weeks ago. Um, obviously, you know, Makai Wingo and we've just mentioned Connor Tolleson are both really good talkers. So, uh, that, yeah, that's, that's the best for us. We, we love when, uh, you know, someone has a personality and, and, you know, will be, uh, for lack of a better word, interesting in our interviews. Yeah. Anytime anybody asks me, who's your favorite player? Who's your favorite recruit? Who's your favorite anything? I'm like the ones that are good interviews. Um, my yes. favorite player in this class I'm going to ask before I pronounce his name. Do you know how to pronounce the junior college defensive tackle's first name? Uh, Realist? Oh, Realist? I think it's real. I think it's real. I think it's Realist. Realist George. Um, I, yeah. I, I love the name. Um, he's got a good story. He was a fullback at Miami. Then, like, number yeah. one fullback in the country out of high school, right? Which, I, I don't know. Maybe there's only 12 of those guys. But still, being number yeah, one of 12 is really good. Um, went to Miami. Ended up going JUCO, signed with Missouri as a defensive tackle. Uh, I think he's a guy that 
I, we were talking at the beginning of the show that guys who commit later, closer to signing day, get a ton of attention. But I thought it was interesting that, um, you know, Drinkwitz was asked, who are some guys that you think are underrated in this class? And usually a coach is going to do one of two things. He's either going to not answer the question at all, or he's going to list off legitimately every player in the signing class. And now Drinkwitz did say, look, I'm not going to hit everybody. I'm probably going to leave somebody out. But he did mention four or five guys. And uh, Jonathan Jones out of out of Texas, the defensive end, was one of those guys. I, I know that he mentioned Damian Wilson, a uh, linebacker out of North Carolina, he mentioned. So I, I, I liked that. He, let's be honest, man. I just like covering a coach who answers questions. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I know he mentioned uh... – Darius Jackson, the corner, and Gavin McKay, the tight end who committed shortly after Mikai Wingo. And so, yeah, to your point, guys that have been in the fold for a long time who I think people have kind of forgotten about a little bit. Um, also, I did want to point out that another reason to like Realis is that he definitely looks like he's about 45 oh. years old. And he might be. Right. Like, I have no way to confirm that he's not. <laughs> Realis and I could go out in Columbia and people would think we were the same age. Yeah, there, there's no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, so yeah, uh, another another guy that that's pretty intriguing to me in this class is Davion Sistrunk, uh, because mm-hmm. like he's played two years of football. Uh, you know, his even his rival's profile picture is a basketball picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, apparently he's got great hops, according to Eli Drinkwitz. Um, yeah, I mean, like you know, there's definitely something to be said for just you know finding someone with with measurables with the potential like that. And then, you know, have you know, obviously you're, you'll have plenty of time to, to teach them kind of the basics. And actually uh, one thing Ryan Walters said earlier this season, it was about JC Carlisle that really actually intrigued me. Something I had never thought of before is he was like, yeah, he had never played corner before. So he had no bad habits. So then he just started like working with David Gibbs and like, it was pretty easy because he was a good athlete. We just like, you know, told him what to do. And he remembered versus he some of the guys who are, are used to like just getting by off of being better athletes, you know, but maybe have some habits that, that take some time to get broken. So uh, perhaps you could see that as well with uh, Davian Sistrunk. I feel like being a coach would be really easy if you just told people what to do and they did it. Like being that a parent. Would, that would be nice. Being a parent would I be think, easy. A teacher. I, th- I do think sometimes people think that is what a coach, being a coach is like, where it's like Madden and you just press the right buttons and call the right plays and then it works out, it's, whereas it's, actually you're dependent on 18 to 22-year-olds to execute. The part that frustrates me is like when the coach has clearly told guys, go out, okay, on this play, miss tackles and let them score. I, I, they shouldn't right. do that. I don't know why they do that ever. Uh-huh. Just call the touch, call, call the, the touchdown touch. play every time. Right. Right. Uh, Matt is joining us a little bit late asking about Shamar Pearl and, and BJ Harrison. The short answer is we don't know for sure. Um, it became obvious kind of mid afternoon that they probably weren't signing today. Drinkwitz can't specifically address kids who didn't sign. So Mitch did ask him, do you expect any more this week? And he basically said, not really, but you never know because it's recruiting. But he said, there's nobody I know we're getting, but I don't not know we're getting people, I think is basically how he put it. Um, we think, based on what we've heard, we think there certainly is still um, a desire for Pearl and Harris to come to Missouri, a mutual interest. Um, I don't know what the reasons they didn't sign today are. Um, you know, that obviously uh, we did try to reach out to both of them, didn't get in touch with either one of them, and, and, and that's not a, a huge shock uh, since they didn't sign. But uh, those are guys that we will keep on the commitment list. Like there are times where something like this happens and we have information 
hey, take that guy off the commitment list. It's not going to happen. And, and we don't have that information with those guys. So we still, for now, are going to have them on Missouri's commitment list. So, yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, let's see. I'm, I'm trying to think if there's, like, anything. Oh, here's the other guy that we should have talked about his name. Uh, I saw Dave Matter tweet that the defensive back out of Florida is the first Zaquan ever to play for Missouri. Zaquan Reeves. That's seems like a safe guess yeah for those who haven't seen he does have a z and x and a q all in his first name which is pretty his, impressive his last his first name starts with zx like do you think zaquan reeves has ever been involved in anything where he was not last alphabetically yeah i mean luckily that's his first name but yeah right. no but that's for did, sure but he does apparently go by snoop which i appreciate i okay. will for henceforth in at least in writing be referring to him as snoop yeah i'm gonna be honest man i'm a little old to uh to be calling somebody snoop like on a zoom call or something <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if i can do that i mean i'm not sure i'm really cool enough to call anybody zaquan yeah. either but yeah i mean i'm just more looking out for myself in the spelling department yeah well, the truth is I still call Xavier Pinson X on most Zoom calls simply because I think I know it's supposed to be Xavier, but, like, it looks like Xavier, and I'm afraid I'm going to call him Xavier, so I just call him X. Everyone calls him X, like yeah. everyone. So it's just it's, it's hard not to it, because you'll get on there with Conso and he'll say X, this, X, this, X, that, X, that, and then, and then you're, you know, that's just kind of what's on your mind. It's because nobody knows how to pronounce his name. Uh, Snoop STP yeah. says uh, that. Zaquan has an awesome name, so uh, he has a uh, fellow Snoop go. on the uh, five seven three report. Once again, before uh, before we're joined by Tyler Macon, want to tell you guys five seven three tees dot com. Go check them out. Uh, if you go through the link on our site on the show page, you can get a ten percent discount by being a PowerMizzou dot com viewer, subscriber, reader, uh, whatever this uh, whatever the case. But if you go through that link, you can get a ten percent discount. Uh, they've got hoodies and shirts and all kinds of drink with stuff. Uh, they came out with one after the bragging rights game that said crying Illini with three L's for Illinois three straight losses. So like they turn these things out quickly. They, they come up with new, de new designs. They're topical. Um, I think, uh, you guys would look, just go buy it for yourself and put it in your stocking. Like I was going to say, buy it for somebody else, but just go buy it for yourself. Your, your wife or girlfriend doesn't have to get you something, uh, cause she doesn't know what you want. Just go buy yourself a shirt and put it in her stocking and tell her, or put it in your stocking and tell her thank you after Christmas. So, um, I guess, uh, well, I, I was going to say we could talk about the football game this weekend, but we're coming real close to eight o'clock and I don't want to like get that started and then, uh, have to cut it off for, for Tyler Macon. So we'll, after we talk to Tyler, we will wrap up with just a few minutes of Missouri and Mississippi state. Um, and all that, we will get to it, um, finish, but, but we do want to make sure that obviously when Tyler jumps in here, uh, that, that we get straight to him and don't make him sit around and wait. I'm sure he's had a long day. Finish strong. Uh, when do you guys think about the running back situation for next year? Um, he follows up and says, he meant, what do you guys think about the running back? So he doesn't specifically want to know when you think about it, because the answer would honestly be very rarely. The, honest, yeah. uh, the answer would be when you ask, but uh, right. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, so, you know, Larry Roundtree is going to leave. He declared for this. He said he's going to the senior bowl. And if you go to the senior bowl, you're, you're not planning on coming back. And, you know, frankly, he, he should go. He's been, he's proven all he needs to prove at the college level. So, you know, Tyler Beatty, I think, so I think Tyler Beatty, 
Um, I know he's not the prototypical SEC, you know, first and second down back. I think he can play. He's very capable of playing more than he is right now. And your quote-unquote change of pace back is just a little bit more of a bruiser. But, you know, Brady's the one who is on the field more often. Um, You know, think like Alvin Kamara and Latavius Murray, maybe. I know that's, you know, obviously that may be too complimentary to Tyler Brady, but like from a skill set perspective. And and so, you know, uh, the the question is, who is kind of that second back? Because Elijah Young has a similar skill set to Brady and he will play, I'm sure, uh, next season. He'll, He'll get a little bit more reps, but. I do think there is a little bit of an opening. Maybe it's filled by Tosh Butts, who uh, Makai Wingo talked about. I don't know, maybe someone else uh, who, to, to kind of be that guy who, uh, you know, runs between the tackles a little bit more often in, in short yardage type situations. Yeah, I mean, I guess there's always the possibility, you know, Simi Bakari could take a step forward. Dawson Downing comes back next year. Uh, but I, I'm interested to see because Tosh Butts is a little different profile than the backs Missouri has. And I just did get a, a direct message from uh, from Tyler Macon. He's going to be jumping on here uh, momentarily. So we will add him. But, you know, Butts is a guy that, like like you said, he's he brings a different skill set. So Tyler Beatty is not a guy that's going to get 27 carries. Or, like, I, I think didn't Roundtree have 37 in one game this year? Um, he did, yeah. yeah. So that's not going to be Tyler Beatty. He's not getting 37 carries. But he will get more than he does this year, I think, that, that Elijah Young – uh, jumps in and again uh, Tosh Butts maybe BJ Harris uh, you know any of uh, any of those guys could figure in uh, Simi Bakari who uh, knows so hey I'm clicking back and forth between like two or three windows here I just want to make sure that we're not sitting and making Tyler wait so uh, we're not yet he, he is not yet here at least that I see so um, when he is we will certainly add him to the broadcast so if you have questions for Tyler Macon I know we've got a couple in the queue feel free to ask uh, feel free to put them in the chat and and uh, after we ask Tyler some of our you know Pulitzer Prize winning questions we will uh, we will get to some of your less than Pulitzer Prize winning questions and, and ask him uh, Greg with the shout out for 573tees.com and Greg has been on uh, a lot of our shows here lately and appreciate that so uh, yeah they, they do have some good Chiefs gear I might have a, a uh, Chiefs shirt from them um, you know well I was just looking at Greg's icon for a minute I seriously thought his like avatar picture was a picture with me <laughs> I did too it really looks like that actually I'm yeah, um, does okay. kind of look like you in the hat. Hang on just a second. I just got a message from Tyler that said, uh, it said message invalid. So I'm going to try to send him an or address invalid. I'm trying to send him the invite again and we'll see. All right. I'll just talk. I'll talk while yeah. you figure that out. You just like wave your hands at me or something if you uh, if you're good. Um, I, I'll read a question because Floyd has a question here that I think is a decent one. He says one of the areas Georgia had a massive talent advantage was at wide receiver. Love it can be a future speed guy. But what about the monster vertical mismatch DGB type? Is there one on the roster? First of all, uh, like this is not a shot at you, Floyd, because you've had some good questions tonight. But I do sometimes get uh, I, I chuckle when people say, like, how about where where is the Denario Alexander on this roster or the DGB on this roster? It's like those those are rare guys. Uh, there's right. a reason there. Um, one was the number one recruit in the country and one, you know, basically shattered the single season Missouri receiving record. Um, you're not going to have one of those on the on the roster every year. I do think there is. um 
a, a, a bit of a hole at deep threat. Now, Lovett, I mean, just because he you know, maybe lines up, is a smaller guy, lines up inside, he could still take the top off of the defense with his speed. Um, I know one person I've heard him compared to is Jeff Thomas, who is obviously a good deep receiver. But yeah. as far as a guy who has both downfield and, you know, ability and uh, the size to go up and get a jump ball. I mean, Towski Dub, that's kind of the one area he's been pretty good. Could you maybe upgrade there uh, potentially in the transfer portal? I don't know. But I do think that, you know, that's probably been his strength is that making those those kind of 50-50 catches. I don't know that he's like the greatest route runner ever. But so, you know, do I think Missouri could stand to add someone in the receiving room during the offseason? Probably so. But if you're looking at, you know, Jalen Knox, Towski Dub, um, you know, maybe Kiki Chisholm comes back, uh, Dominic Lovett, Barrett Bannister. I, I think that's a, a fair, you know, and then maybe, you know, you hope uh, J.J. Hester, Jay Macklin takes a step like that. that that's not like a, a group where there's no hope. Right. So um, we're yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm messaging back and forth with Tyler. There are some uh, there are some technical issues. He's trying to uh, trying to update an app real quick. If that doesn't work, I gave him our phone number. Hopefully he's going to call in and, and we can do it that way. We can at least talk to him. But um Trying to work things out, uh, certainly. I, I knew that we had gone too far with the technology all working for everyone, so we had to hit a speed bump. Like, it's not a show if we don't hit some sort of a speed bump, right? Um, so we'll see. I'll keep an eye on it and see if he does manage to uh, get in the show. Um, but, you know, Mitch, we were texting earlier this week, like the last regular season football game is coming up, and – even though they've played fewer games than they've played in any other year I've ever covered, it seems like it's lasted like six times as long. Oh, I mean, it kind of has. I mean, you know, because fall camp practices didn't start that much later than normal. And in, in that period before then, still, it was like we were covering, you know, football because every day you had, you know, it was really probably more intensive than the usual start of the season because every day it was, are they going to play? Um so, you know, and, and the football team, I think, is in now week 21 of practices. So, yeah, that's a okay. that's a long, long season. OK, hang on. OK, so now on the phone, we've got uh, Tyler Macon on the phone. Uh, Tyler, are you there, man? Can you hear me? Yes, sir, I am. OK, appreciate it, man. Appreciate you calling in and uh, apologize for the uh, for the issues we had with with technology there. But um you know we're gonna we're gonna do it uh, just kind of over the phone and and I want to say first of all congratulations on on signing your letter of intent with Missouri today and just after the pr- recruiting process after so long being committed what was today like for you what did it kind of feel like to get it done? Um, you know it felt great because I've been committed to Mizzou uh, since March so just to get just to get those papers signed and just to get it um about the way just just exciting for the future. Yeah. Um, what was it like getting to do it uh, with a teammate of yours, a high school teammate, which probably three or four months ago you didn't think was, was going to happen? Um, it feels great because, you know, as, as soon as I got my Mizzou offer, I knew I was committing. So when he got his, I was just trying to bribe him, you know, to and persuade him um, to come and join me. But when he committed to Arizona State, that didn't stop me from still trying to get him to flip. So, uh, I was very, I was very excited when he did uh, decide to commit. Yeah, what was the uh, what was it like in East St. Louis today? What did you guys do? Were you at the school or what was what, what kind of celebration did you have? Um, first we had a, a, a signing ceremony with it was me and four other guys. Then after that we had a, uh, we had a trunk party, but you know everybody was socially distanced. 
Okay, okay, good deal. And yeah, I know East St. Louis is a program that that pumps out, you know, multiple Division One players every year. Um, you know, just being a part of that tradition and playing for Coach Sunkett, how much does that mean to to you and and Dominic and all these guys that are coming out this year? Um, you know, uh, I'm not really, I'm not originally from East St. Louis, so just to know that that's like a diehard football town. And then they gave me the key to the streets to their city. It just it just means a lot because because of the trust and belief that they had me from the beginning. So I couldn't feel to um, feel to um, let them down. So I'm going to ask you kind of the obvious question: What was it about Eli Drinkwitz in Missouri that that convinced you pretty early on in the process to to jump on board and and stay committed to him the whole the whole time? Um, just his like philosophy of the uh, offensive. Uh, uh, offense because you know um he's a uh, offensive offensive minded guy so i just believe in everything uh he said and yeah what what have you thought just being able to watch his offense uh this season you know about a, a how they played this year and b kind of how how you'll fit into that when you get to campus um i'm very excited from what i saw uh earlier this year because um the offense really looks really confident and uh and I feel like that that's an um, offense that I can, offense that I can um, produce in. Talking with Mizzou quarterback signee Tyler Macon, who sent in his letter of intent earlier today and is a member of Missouri's 20th-ranked recruiting class. And, and Tyler, I want to ask you one thing, uh, and then we're going to ask you some of the questions our viewers have for you. But uh, you've made the decision. Illinois got its, its high school football season pushed back to the spring, and you've made the decision to go ahead and enroll early and come to Mizzou, you and Dominic both, which means you're, you're not going to be able to play your your senior season in high school. I mean, how how tough a decision was that? And, and you know, what kind of went into you guys both making that choice? Um, You know, I originally, I originally really wanted to stay because, you know, we pretty much brought our whole offense back besides, you know, a few guys like uh, Antonio Johnson and Dale Lyman, Javante Spring, so. I was just really excited to go back to back, but unfortunately, you know, due to COVID, I, uh, we didn't have that chance to. Yeah, yeah, and so uh, you will be. Uh, I guess what it's just probably about three weeks from now, three or four weeks, you'll be moving up to Columbia. Yes, sir. Twenty nine days. Okay, all right. So it's, it's your last month, uh, last month in East St. Louis, and then you will be on campus for for spring football and all that. So we do, like I said, we got a bunch of people. We got a couple hundred people, all Missouri fans watching on here. So I, I just want to kind of ask you some of the questions they had for you. And uh, and Mitchell wants to know uh, how did winning a state championship prepare you to to kind of play winning football at the next level in the SEC? Do you think? Um, I think it it really. It really motivated me because in my life, I've only lost uh, three times. And that actually, two came in high school and one in Little League. So I've always been a winner and always had winning around me. So And I don't plan on start starting to lose in college. So I'm just going to bring that mentality to Mizzou and try to breathe that up in the rest of the guys there. Now, hold on. How many years have you been playing football? Since I was five. And you've lost three games that whole time? Yes, sir. Man. So do you even know, like, how do you act when you lose? Are you are you a bad loser, or do you take it okay? Uh, I think I take it pretty. I I I actually take it pretty heavy, but you know, I know in college that that there's like good guys everywhere, so I can't really have that mindset. I just you know gotta just just gotta play to the best of my ability I can to try to win that game. Right. 
Floyd was asking uh, that, that Mizzou's had a pretty long line of, of good quarterback play going all the way back to like uh, Brad Smith, Chase Daniel, Blaine Gabbert. Um, it, did that factor in your decision at all or, or not really because it was a, a different coaching staff? Um, not really because I, growing up, I really wasn't a Mizzou fan. I was, I was really a, a, a Oregon fan. So okay. I really wasn't, I really wasn't educated up on the Mizzou history. Okay. Okay. Uh, then, uh, another, another question. What about just the thoughts of seeing Connor Basilak play and coming in and, and competing with him for the job next year? I mean, do you know, Con have you gotten a chance to, to know Connor much at all or, or maybe not since you haven't had many chances to come to campus? Uh no sir I never really got to got to meet Connor. Okay okay so be uh be kind of uh finding out uh, on the fly there uh, when you get to campus. Um what what do you think if if somebody asked you to describe your game like what sets you apart as a quarterback? What do you think you do really well? Um I feel like that I'm an improviser. You know like when a pocket breaks down I'm still a I'm still a pass first guy. Uh, but you know if if it comes down to running, I bring that uh, I bring that tool also. So that's why I think I'm a dynamic dual threat. Okay, one of our one of our viewers, True, wants to know if there's a quarterback that you watch and and try to take parts of his game or try to model your game after at all. Um, Kyler Murray and Aaron Rodgers. <clears throat> those would be those would be two uh, two pretty good ones, uh, definitely. I know a lot of times guys get get labeled as a dual threat quarterback and and they they want to make sure like look I'm a quarterback I throw the football I mean is that is that how you describe yourself pass first but you can run if you need to Yes sir Yeah okay uh we were talking to Makai Wingo a little bit ago on the show uh, about just all the St. Louis guys and how vocal you all were with each other and then even kind of branching out with guys in Indiana and Colorado and getting them to join the class uh what what kind of led to to that out of you and and Makai and some of the other guys to really try to to get a bunch of other good players to come in with you? Um, you know, it's just that trust factor. Just like we had trust to coach drink, we had um, you know, we were trying to recruit those guys every day and talking to them guys every day so they can uh, join us and just believe the future of Mizzou that uh, that we do. Yeah. Um, Jake uh, is, is watching and want to know, uh, other than Coach Drinkwitz, uh, which which coaches on the staff were you really talking to during recruiting and, and kind of developing a relationship with? Uh, me and Coach Luber had a pretty strong relationship, and uh, me and Coach Hampton also. Okay. And, and yeah, I know Coach Hampton is, it also does coach the quarterbacks here. So, uh, just, I, I guess, Tyler, what are the next, uh, what do you do over the next month before you get to come to Columbia? Um, right now, I'm training three times three times a week with my quarterback trainer. Then those other two days, I'm training with uh, uh, lift, lifting weights. Mm -hmm. And last thing, I could, this was the last question I asked Makai too. You've, I, I mean, you start playing football at five years old, and the goal all along, right, is to to play college football and then hopefully beyond. Now that now that that goal has kind of been realized, you send in that letter of intent. Has it has it kind of sunk in, or do you think it's going to take a little while to realize? Hey, this whole process is over, and you're about to about to start the next step. Um, I think it has, you know, because me enrolling earlier, it's like me starting to come into a uh, real world as a uh, young adult. So, at that aspect, I think it has hit me. But you know, I still got another goal like that I want to achieve, and that's to make it to the to the NFL one day. So, on that uh, on that note, I'm still not satisfied with what I've done yet, but I'm grateful though. 
Got it. Well, Tyler, it's been a big day, long day for you, man. I really appreciate you taking the time and, and working through a couple of the technical issues there and, and calling in. I know Missouri fans are glad to hear from you, and uh, and I'm sure we will be talking to you down the road when you come up to Columbia. All right, sir. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Tyler Macon, Missouri quarterback. Commitment there, calling in, and uh, certainly appreciate uh, him taking the time to – speak with us uh again we we tried to do the video it it, uh it didn't necessarily work quite as we had planned um with with tyler's technology but that's okay we're gonna dial back up uh mitchell 40 now basically when i uh when i got tyler on the phone it hung up on mitchell so we're gonna call mitchell back now and uh and add him back to the show and let him participate again All right. Hey, Mitch. Uh, yeah, we, we decided to allow you back in the show now. So uh, thanks, thanks, thanks for hanging appreciate out. appreciate it. <laughs> thanks for hanging out and coming back. You missed talking to uh, Tyler Macon. But, I uh, look, I, I don't know. I, as soon as I answered the call from him, you just disappeared. So you know. Yeah. See, and also there was actually a minute there where I didn't know if it was you who had disappeared or me. So I just kind of kept talking. It took me a few minutes to until my YouTube stream cut up. About, it took me about 20 seconds to realize I was the one who was gone. So. And you were just randomly talking to yourself. So yeah, I was just kind of rambling. Well, that's cool. Appreciate you. Uh, appreciate you trying to carry the show while you were uh, while you were unclear. So, um, all right. So look, it's it's eight fifteen. We've been doing this for an hour and forty minutes. We've talked uh, every angle of this signing class, and we've talked to Wingo, talked to to uh, Macon. So let's finish this up with just a little bit. There's still a football season going on, which. <laughs> It doesn't seem like mid-December because we're still playing football games. Basketball games are going on. Signing day happened. Like, I don't know what day it is. I don't know what date it is, anything. But Missouri plays at Mississippi State on Saturday um, in a game that really – like, look, 5-5 five and is a good year, right? But 6-4, and four, I, this is a big game for Missouri. Yeah, and also, I mean, like Mississippi State's been playing better lately, but it's, it's a team Missouri should probably beat. Um, you know, they haven't been favored in many games this season, so you'd like to win that. Um, you know, I, it's a it's a unique matchup. Uh, obviously, the air raid is you know pr- presents its own challenges. I actually was looking up this week. Mississippi State averages twenty three rushing yards a game this year, which is impossibly low. That is far and away the lowest of any. Unlike how many carries, like seven. I think it's like 16. So they're, oh. they're, they don't so they're run the ball a ton, it. but they also are bad at it. Uh, <laughs> I, I, no team has averaged that few rushing yards per game or even close since at least like 2008. That was as far back as I looked. Um, but Mississippi State's defense is kind of unique as well. They play, uh, they, 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 their defensive coordinator comes from the Rocky Long School out of San Diego State. And uh, Eli Drinkwitz and some of the players talked about some of the unique looks it provi- presents. Uh, they held Georgia to eight rushing yards, which okay. uh, we watched Georgia last week. That seems hard to do. They had three. 316 against Missouri. I, I so. remember a carry where Georgia was held to eight rushing yards. Uh, yeah. I, Mitch, I got bad news. After the, the Macon interview, Bob Douglas commented that he was a great kid. I think he was talking about Tyler Macon and not you. I'm not positive. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, I don't know. I feel would feel a little weird if he called me a kid. But also, I, he's he's allowed to he's allowed to support other people. He, that's fine. He's, he's allowed to have wandering eyes. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> so, uh, I, yeah, Mississippi State, I mean – I don't know. They're two and seven. They've really only been in the news for two reasons. One, they beat LSU when we thought LSU Mm -hmm. was still good. And two, Mike Leach is their coach and he's always in the news. But I was a little surprised. I think I saw this opened at two and a half. 
Yeah, I was surprised as well. I might have even opened at one and a half. I was predicting it'd be more like five, five and a half for in, in Missouri's favor. Um, I mean, I maybe partially has to do with the fact that Missouri uh, did not fare very well against Georgia and also is somewhat shorthanded. Um, Eli Drinkwitz did say this week that uh, the entire defensive line is questionable, which is... Uh, I, w- I was amazed. Speaking of like coaches that say things, I was amazed. He just flat out said, he said, it's probably a good thing we're playing the team we're playing because if we were playing a team that ran the ball a lot, I don't think we could hold up. Because that, that he, was remarkable. He knows he can say that, and Mike Leach is still not going to run the football. Yeah. I, I mean, apparently they can't. Seriously. they they. Yeah. I don't think they've run for 100 yards in a game this year. Wow. Um, so, yeah. But, yeah, that was actually – really phenomenal that, that is, you don't do not hear that every week no. um so yeah but uh, but yeah i mean like i do think i i think i don't know i think it's just kind of gonna i i anticipate this being a bit of a grind uh i think it's just kind of gonna be a low scoring game yeah and look mississippi state played a game with 49 players earlier this year too so it's not like they're in phenomenal shape and and everything's yeah. good in in uh in starkville okay i got clarification on the important issue his greg shackleford's profile picture actually is of me when he bought <laughs> me a beer at king jerry lawler's at the liberty bowl so i'm stunned you don't remember that <laughs> i yeah that was that was a night, man. That was that was a night. Um, it was it was a good night. I feel like that was one of our better nights as a site. I was. Yeah, we had a great time. It was great to meet a meet a lot of people, including the king. Yeah, uh, the king Jerry Lawler. Ooh, man, I tell you what, that's an experience. Uh, so bowl games. Speaking of bowl games, I feel like that's a good place to end. Um, Eli Drinkwood said they're going to play in one. He said it really wasn't a, mm-hmm. a discussion. If we get a chance, we're going to play. Um, here's what we know, almost for certain. Missouri is going to play in Florida and it is going to play on or right after new. Well, I guess right after new year's day because aren't the, are the playoff, the playoffs are new year's day, right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the citrus bowl is new year's day and okay. the, the gator and, and outback are, are both January 2nd. Okay. So we are down to those three games in all like, like look weird things happen, right? I mean, maybe Lou yeah. Perkins. I was will- going to say, I- yeah. Are we down to those three games for sure? I mean, no. I, I guess. I don't know, but I, I I'll take your word for it. I won't say for sure, but I've done some research, and that is certainly the expectation that uh, it's okay. going to be one of those three games. So, look, Lou Perkins could call the Outback Bowl and promise to sell 70% of the tickets to former Kansas fans, and, and they could take 0-9 Kansas. You know, who knows? Weird things happen. But um, assuming that doesn't happen, I, I expect – the Citrus, the Outback, or the Gator. The Citrus Bowl is the most prestigious of those bowls. It is basically right after the New Year's Six Bowls are done, the Citrus Bowl gets the top remaining SEC team. So two things come into play there. First of all, Missouri being in the mix for that will require four SEC teams to get into that New Year's Six, which would mean Florida would have to get into the New Year's Six even coming off back-to-back losses to LSU and Alabama. I, I don't know for sure if that would happen. Yeah, I haven't mapped out, you know, what, who all the, the New Year's Six teams will be. Um, but, yes, it would seem, I mean, without getting two teams in the playoff, which seems virtually certain at this point, uh, no, um, yeah. you know, right. So, that you know, Alabama will be in the playoff. And then, you know, you, know, you have A&M will almost certainly be in the New Year's Six. Georgia slash Florida, 
you know, at least one will be in the New Year Six, but it would be kind of surprising to me if all three, I mean, you'd have, you know, then more than ha- like half of the teams in the New Year Six Bulls, I get, well, actually, no, that's bad math, but yeah. <laughs> close. Three out of three out of the eight in the non-playoff bowls uh, would be would be from the SEC. That might be a little overloaded, but I don't know. Like I said, haven't mapped it out. Don't know with with this season especially. Don't know like what you know what other cases schools have a compelling case. Uh, I think the 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 kind of group of bowl games under the Citrus Bowl is more likely, which includes both the Outback and the Gator, and then there's some other bowls in that group as well. I think like the Liberty, the Music City, the Texas. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. And there's one other one. The the Gator Bowl would be against an ACC team, probably a Miami, North Carolina type of team. That's Mm -hmm. actually more attractive to me than the Outback, which would be against probably Iowa, Northwestern, maybe Wisconsin or Indiana. Wisconsin would be okay. I think Wisconsin's like two and two this year. Um, Yeah. (laughs) But uh, I I don't know. It's just – Northwestern Missouri played them in a bowl game. It's not exciting. Iowa Missouri played them in a bowl game. It's not that exciting. Indiana, it's okay, but I, I, I mean they don't have Michael Penix. I don't know how much juice you get out of that. I, but look, I've I've heard Missouri really likes the Outback Bowl, and uh, I think if they have the opportunity to go, certainly they would not turn that down. Yeah, for sure. I mean, both are very solid options, you know, nationally televised games and, uh, and you know, you get to travel to Florida, which is great. I, I agree, though, just it's not, not saying, you know, the ACC is more appealing than the Big Ten, but the two potential matches in the ACC seem more fun to me because uh, Miami, you know, you've got a program with some historical cachet who, that Missouri has not played any any time remotely recently to my knowledge right. they played them um, in i think the late 80s i went to the game at furrow field okay missouri won lost 55-7 oh okay well it was important <laughs> hopefully this time it would go better and then uh and then the late 80s was not a great time for missouri football and yep. then you've got north carolina like, like that would be North Carolina would be a bad matchup for Missouri. They just ran for 600 yards in a game, but there would be so many points scored because North Carolina scores a lot and gives up a ton. Yeah. Well, I feel Stuart West comment is the best place to end this show. Dan Mullen should be made to stay home for new year's. I agree. Dan Mullen is the worst. We don't like him. Uh, he will never be a guest on the five, seven, three report. I will say that. So, uh, that'll show him. Yeah. Thanks to, uh, thanks to Makai Wingo and Tyler Macon for joining us on this show and appreciate them kind of working, uh, you know, Tyler certainly working around the, uh, technology issues and still making an effort to get in touch with us and, and talk to you guys. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed that part of it. hope you enjoy the coverage all day. Thanks to Sean Williams and, and Mitch for the work all day long, all year long, really on this class. Um, Look, it starts over. We know our assignment is the 2022 class. We'll get there. Um, but we might have a couple other things to do first. So thanks again to 573Ts. Go to 573Ts.com. Buy yourself a T-shirt uh, and uh, wear it around the house when Missouri plays Mississippi State. And you join us uh, for game day on Saturday. So, uh, Mitch, I know you got a couple things uh, coming later this week. Just kind of give people a heads up what you got going before game day. Uh, yeah, let's see. I'll write something based off Eli Drinkwitz's press conference tomorrow morning and then writing a story about the two true freshmen starting at cornerback, Hannes Rakestall and J.C. Carlisle. We touched on them a little bit earlier. Kind of two, two true freshmen starting at, at corner against an air raid offense, somewhat unique. And then we'll have uh, coverage from the basketball game Friday night, the Purdue A&M Panthers, which I now know. 
should be a great one. And then uh, I'll have the, uh, the preview for the football game up at some point, and then we'll cover that. So. All right, good deal. We'll have a chamber on Friday. We'll have some recruiting information. We'll be here with you all day Saturday. Appreciate all you guys joining us. Uh, before you log off, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. Um, do all those things. Tell everybody what we're doing here. Maybe they'll come check us out. Uh, we'll talk to you later on.